your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome to episode 335 of Locked On Canadians. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week on Friday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. My name is Laura Sabah, also known as the Actistic, and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla live from Buffalo. Well, not really live, pre-recorded from Buffalo. Yes, uh, I'm currently sitting in our dining room in Buffalo, and I thought I was getting a podcast guest in the form of Carly's cat, but I think uh, she has decided to go sleep in the windowsill upstairs in the sunlight, so it is just me uh, here today. <laughs> we are a cat-friendly podcast, and I'm sure that we will hear. Is it Nala? Yes, Nala is the one who is here. And we will for sure hear from Nala uh, as time goes on. I just want to mention, because today's episode, we're going to discuss a quick update, uh, what we do know at this point about the uh, COVID situation going on with the Montreal Canadiens. And then we're going to talk about NHL draft lottery changes that the Board of Governors has just approved. And then we have a special guest. We have Andrew Berkshire on, who was so kind to come on and talk about his new show that's going to be on the Locked On uh, Podcast Network. But we also kind of finagled some Habs analysis out of him. And that's coming up at the end of the episode. But I forgot to mention that you can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla, and you can follow me at The Active Stick. So if you're listening, you want to find us on Twitter, those are our Twitter handles. At the time of this recording, we have just learned that the Canadians games are going to be postponed at least through Sunday and the uh, practice facility is expected to open on the 29th. So this means that the Canadians are not going to be playing these three games against Edmonton and one of the games against the Ottawa Senators. We don't know how many of those games are going to be made up or not. Up until now, the the, uh, NHL has been rescheduling games and making them up. But at the same time, It's getting close to the end of the season. There's a lot of talk about it. But at this point, while we're recording this, we don't have any information on that. All we know is that due to two of the players showing up on the COVID protocol, the uh, league has decided to postpone these four games. And the Canadians are okay with that. Everybody is erring on the side of caution, which we think is uh, prudent. So what's going to happen for us is that our uh, coverage is going to change a little bit. We've already lined up a surprise guest for tomorrow. Uh, We're excited about that. We're still going to have our mailbag on Thursday. So please send us your mailbag questions as soon as you possibly can. And we'll discuss it for the Friday mailbag. And don't forget, obviously, you can join us on our locker room on Friday at 730 in the meantime, honestly, there, there's just, there's something that has been bothering me about this whole thing. One of the things that I found upsetting is that there seemed to be a bit of uh, victim blaming going on at this point and talking about personal responsibility. And I cannot believe that one year into this pandemic, we're blaming the people that get COVID because since day one, or almost since day one, once we learned a lot about this virus, it was very clear, like people were talking about, you know, 
the best way to protect yourself, unfortunately, is to stay home. A lot of people don't have that choice. They have to go to work like the Canadians and all their support staff. And unfortunate that the nature of this virus is that somebody else can infect you a lot a lot easier than you will get infected yourself because we know that masks protect the person that you're dealing with. So if somebody in front of you is not taking the precautions, even if you're wearing a mask, even if you're doing what you can, it's entirely possible that you get infected. So that was something that I found really upsetting online. Like the Canadians players are doing their jobs. I mean, it's, it's for us that they're going to work every day. And unfortunately, I just I find that attitude really, really troubling. Yeah, it's as someone who works in like a public facing role. I don't really have a choice whether or not I get this or not. Like, if I do, is it my fault? No, I'm going to work to do my job. And there isn't some grand conspiracy with this. It's they probably got it somewhere in transit. You Like, as much as you can try and clean and disinfect and take precautions, nothing is 100% totally effective against this. Like, you can do your best. You can't control everything outside you. Like, what if one of the people was asymptomatic who, you know, just happened to be in the area? And then it's it's impossible to know exactly where they got it. It could have been anything. And we don't know what it is. We're not, I don't feel like speculating on it because that's extremely unfair. I'm glad the NHL is being prudent. Nothing has been set in stone, obviously, with all the facilities closed to do contact tracing and everything else. Precaution is the best course of action here. Do not rush into anything. Do not try and just bull forward and hope you can get through this. Take the right steps and prevent this from becoming worse than it already could be or already is, you know, just common sense. Honestly, we will talk a little bit about the NHL draft lottery changes, which we hope aren't really going to affect the Habs for years to come. But that's happening in our next segment. But in the meantime, if you guys want to chat with us this week, we will be holding a locker room on Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time to discuss the cancellations, the upcoming games. What we learn between now and then, it's going to be awesome. Once a week, Scott and I will be hosting Locked On Canadians rooms on Locker Room to connect with you guys so that you guys can have your voices heard as well. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with us, and you might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Canadians podcast through our locker room conversations. Be sure to join us this week. We'll be hosting a room on Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and we can't wait to hear from you. Go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow us I'm at the Active Stick and Scott is at Scott Matla to be notified when our room goes live. We know you don't want to miss it. We're planning to be live this week on Friday at 7.30, as we said, and we, and we can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Canadians. See you there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup is 
cookies and cream versus coconut almond. I think those are two favorites. I know a lot of people don't like coconut, but that coconut almond for me, it's like a bounty bar. I love that. But I also know cookies and cream is like really, really top on people's favorites. Uh, if you want to try them, you can go to builtbar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15. To get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And you can check back BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Also follow us wherever you get podcasts so you'll get our daily Habs talk. Uh, and we're today we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, draft lottery changes that have just been approved by the Board of Governors. And the details are as such. This comes from Pierre Lebrun. Uh, the first thing is the number of lottery draws reduced from three to two starting in 2021. So the last place team therefore can't draft any lower than number three overall. The maximum move up for lottery winners is limited to 10 spots. So only 11 teams can win the lottery and draft first overall instead of 16, which is going to take effect not this year, but the following year. And then no team can win draft lottery more than twice in a five-year period starting in 2022. So that's bad news for the Edmonton Oilers. So, Scott, for me, I think the most intriguing thing out of all of this and the thing that would probably relate to the Canadians the most is that second one. The maximum number of spots you can move up is 10 instead of 15, as it used to be. Yeah, I, I think for the Canadians, that's a it's an interesting proposition. Obviously, we're hoping that they're not in you know, position to have to move up in the draft lottery. And I think this is teams that are like on that fringe of like being a piece away or a piece or two away, like how Toronto almost won the draft lottery last year, despite being what would have been a traditional playoff team. Uh, this kind of helps eliminate some of that. And the bigger thing is that you can't just tank for multiple years now and get the first overall pick. Like, Look at Buffalo this year or look at the Rangers or look at, like you said, the Oilers for years. They can't really turn around and do that. And I guess my question is, and I'm sure it's probably written in there and I don't have the time or the attention span to sit there and read through it all, is what happens if you as a team win the draft lottery one year and then you trade for a first round pick and that team ends up winning the draft lottery, but it is your pick now? Do you get to still draft first overall since it wasn't technically your pick? Because it feels like there's going to be a lot of uh, like the Senators did when they traded up and the Avalanche did when they um, traded Matt Duchesne and everything. Are teams going to have to get creative if they want to trade back into like the top part of the first round? And is winning the lottery, does it, you know, count against them if they win it with another team's pick? And that's exactly it. And for me, I think I understand what they're trying to do with this. I think they're trying to make it a lot more fair for people. And also they're trying to discourage tanking, which is something that every league kind of uh, says that they need to contend with. But to be honest, tanking as a process is just boring for the fans. It's very successful as a process for building your team. It, it is. There's no two ways about it. It's just boring for the fans. And I think that that's like the fa- the aspect of leaving money and ratings on the table is uh, kind of what is uh, forcing this. And I think another thing, too, is that the no team can win a draft lottery more than twice in a five-year period. You know, other than the Edmonton Oilers, we haven't really seen, I, I guess with the Islanders as well, maybe before, 
but I, we haven't really seen a lot of, of egregiousness on that front. I just think it's kind of just to, like I said, to discourage the idea of tanking multiple seasons in a row. Like, just don't be Buffalo. You know, it's it's, a, it's like, don't be Buffalo or Detroit. And unfortunately, last year it kind of blew up in Detroit's face. Not so unfortunately, since our nemesis is a Detroit Red Wings fan. Uh, but essentially, it's it's kind of trying to force people not to act like the Pagulas and to spend a little bit of time on their, on their, uh, not a little bit of time, a little bit of money on their, on their hockey organization and, and try and sort of not force you to succeed, but at least to force you to try to succeed. Yeah. You, building through the draft is important, but now it's not, we're just going to throw two years out the window and try and, you know, land a generational talent like McDavid and Eichel and this and that. It's going to force teams to realize that you can't just fix it by throwing away a season. Like, it's not guaranteed. And the one thing, and Micah Blake McCurdy, who runs HockeyViz.com, has what I think is the best idea is uh, called goal drafting. Uh, from the moment your team is eliminated from playoff contention, you start earning points, and the team who earns the most points after they're eliminated is the one who gets the first overall pick. Yeah, your team is bad. But it also encourages you to like try and still win because if you're bad and you keep trying to lose, you still don't get the first overall pick. You're not rewarded for tanking in that regard. I think there's a lot of creative solutions, and the NHL's just kind of starting their foray into that. And I think this is going to be interesting to see if they adopt something like that because it makes sense. Like, look at the Sabers where they had a goalie who was playing too well after they traded for him, so they literally traded him away so they could keep losing. Uh, Toronto did the same thing with players. Like when it becomes a nakedly obvious attempt that, oh, we're, we're crap and we know it. So we're not going to try. That's the point in time where I kind of look at it and go, okay, this is where things need to be changed and tweaked a little bit. And I think goal drafting is the way to do that in the future or some form of that incentivize that. Okay. You're eliminated from the playoffs. You're going to want to still win games now though. Do something like that. I think. And we've got a special treat for you guys. Coming up next, we've got Andrew Berkshire joining us for a quick segment. We're going to ask him some Habs questions, but first he's going to tell us about his show that's coming up on the Locked On Podcast Network. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are still in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag, receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. So we are taking advantage of our prior relationship with Andrew Berkshire to be the first ones to welcome him to the Locked On Podcast Network and the NHL channel. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? 
We are great, uh, all things considered, uh, with everything that's up in the air with the Habs. But we wanted you to have you on because you, starting next week, starting March 30th, are going to be co-hosting a brand new show that's going to cover the NHL as a whole. Uh, it's called, it's called the Crosscheck NHL Show. And you're going to be doing it with Mary Clark. And we want everyone to know what it's going to be about. So why don't you tell us how this kind of came about and, uh, what kinds of stuff you're going to be covering well we're going to be covering pretty much everything that we possibly can it's going to be a pretty robust show uh we're obviously we're not going to try to do like everything in one show uh covering like the whole league every episode but we're going to start out with like every episode's going to start with like a hot topic situation we'll look at a couple of the most interesting things going around the nhl and uh, then the second segment we'll call it the cross check and we're going to take like a defining narrative of the last week and try to like break it down see if it's right or wrong go into maybe some data-driven stuff. We won't be, like, quoting numbers online or anything like that because that's super boring to do over audio. But, you know, we can we can break things down pretty easily. And then the last segment will be more uh, free-spirited, uh, whatever catches our eye that week, and maybe some off-topic or off-hockey topic conversations where you can get to know Mary and me uh, a little bit more personally, uh, talk about, like, Mary's a big uh, video game nerd, and I obviously grew up playing video games because who didn't? Uh, that's my age. So we can talk about that kind of stuff, movies, all sorts of stuff. It'll be super fun. We're really excited to get into it. This has been, like, a three-month process to get it started. It's been a lot of, uh, like, waiting and uh, planning, and we've got... Uh, on Thursdays, also, we have... Uh, we'll do the same thing, hot topics to start, but then we're going to have a big guest from around the NHL every single week, uh, breaking down some, their careers, uh, things that are going on that are, that they're related to. It's going to be super awesome. So we have, uh, I guess I'll debut it here for, for everyone listening to locked on Canadians because they're my favorite people. Uh, we're going to have Marissa and Jemmy as our first guests. She's going to be breaking down the NWHL playoffs. Uh, what's going to go on there. Maybe we'll talk about what happened when they got delayed as well. And, uh, COVID, and I have a story that I've been keeping in my back pocket for months now that uh, now that I'm no longer uh, with certain companies, I can share that I'm going to share on the first episode of Crosscheck NHL Podcast. So be excited for that. It's going to be pretty fun. So it's going to be two episodes a week. And so we can expect, like you said, that first that first episode of the week is going to be breaking down what's going on and all that conversation. And then normally the second uh, episode is going to be a big name guest. And it could be maybe somebody who's covering a big story or something like that as well. Right. In a moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like if we would have started up a couple months ago, we would have tried to get like Katie Strang when the whole thing with Arizona broke, uh, you know, Anything that breaks, we'll try to get the the biggest uh, or most important or most uh, – I'm trying to think of the word – the most uh, in-depth person that we can get on the podcast that week. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep in mind uh, like the, the breaking stories for that kind of stuff. But we're also going to plan ahead a little bit as well. Like uh, we're going to have some people on in and around the expansion draft who are dealing with the expansion draft. And we're going to break that down, maybe like a, a recap of why decisions were made, uh, what – attracted certain players, that kind of stuff. So it, there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff on this podcast that I don't think will be necessarily anywhere else. 
I'm so excited for all of those things. So I want to ask real quick, because your background obviously is rooted in writing about the Canadians. Um, you were definitely the person who was instrumental in turning online blogs, specifically the uh, Habs Eyes on the Prize community, into a major force in this community, a major, uh, I would say, I would call them their mainstream publication. Like they're a respected uh, source of information and analysis for Habs news. And you continue to write about the Habs, even when you started covering the NHL as a whole, and you still have uh, that that uh, uh, column with the uh, with the Montreal Gazette. So, because our show is very Habs focused, I, I want to know for our listeners' sakes, like, will you be doing Habs content as well at times for them to tune into? I mean, of course, because like like you said, I kind of broke into the industry as a Canadians writer, and the Canadians are the team that I watch most often uh, for my columns for the Gazette. I watch every game at least once, so. Not just in terms of, uh, like covering the Canadians, but also like all of my like, go-to examples are always about the Canadians, right? Like <laughs> bringing up Canadians history or like, oh yeah, this trade. It's just like when this happened with the Canadians, like it's just always something I've tried to kind of get away from it on like radio hits, but it's so hard to break from what you're most used to and where you can draw the clearest examples from. So there are always going to be Canadians references, just like with Mary there. There's always going to be Flyers references. So, Laura, you will love it. The only team that we're missing <laughs> at yours is the Bruins, <laughs> which Marissa will bring to the table. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think we've covered the, the Bruins-Flyers meme on the show before. It was in our first year. So I think maybe in, 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 a, in a few weeks or when there's a lull, Scott and I will have to do an episode just dedicated to the memes that have taken place since we started this podcast and beyond, like the Bruins Flyers thing. But I also just, uh, I, I want to note uh, for my own curiosity, because I, on this podcast, Scott and I definitely try to incorporate the numbers, but try to keep it fresh and try to keep it interesting and all of that. Um, so I'm very curious to hear real quick your opinion right now, because we, when we last had you on, we asked you a very specific question about the Habs not being able to clear the crease in front of Gary Price, especially on the penalty kill. So I want to ask you real quick, you kind of alluded to, to it in your locker room. What has been your opinion of the Canadians just in the last few weeks since Dominique Ducharme has taken over? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's complicated, right? Because there's some uh, tactical changes where you, you understand it and you're like, okay, that's pretty exciting. Like the defense is getting a little bit more involved. It seems like some of the younger players feel more free to make plays. But overall, at even strength, I'm pretty sure they're less effective now than they were under Julian. And the special teams are better, but not that much better. So it's like, the power play has been humming along, uh, getting everything going right for them, but I don't think they're actually creating too much relative to the rest of the league. Like, I'd have to really dig into that, and I want to this week for the Gazette, but uh, I haven't been able to do so yet. But just looking at the game-by-game situation, it seems like the Canadians have been outplayed at even strength more often in the last, like, couple weeks than they had the re- entire rest of the season which is a little bit alarming considering they've been playing teams like the Canucks and the Jets who are terrible even strength teams and the Canucks don't even have Pedersen. So it's it's a, a weird one. It's like a little bit worrying because the Canadians' biggest strength is no longer showing up as that strength, but they're getting the goaltending now and they're getting the power play work going for them. So it's like if they can ratchet that back up at even strength, they're going to be fine. But it seems like they just can't get everything going at the same time. You know, like, the, no matter what, what, something is broken. 
And that's just like the most frustrating thing about this team <laughs> for like five of the last six years now. Uh, the other day on Twitter, I said that it was no two things are going right at the same time. It's always like, well, you know, Carey Price is doing much better now, but the defense is bad. And so I know it's a little bit simplistic. Our theory on this show has been that the reason that their even strength numbers are are failing them or not failing them, they're declining, I think is a more accurate thing. I, 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 like, I don't want to be completely alarmed. Is just that the, the Shea Weber pairing, whether he's paired with Sherrod or whether he's paired with Edmondson, it seems like the Canadians insist on playing him too much with too significant a role has been kind of uh, adding to that bleed, if that makes sense. Yeah, and like you can see, like Weber kind of does this every year, right? He starts out the year, whether it's coming back from injury or the beginning of the year, and he looks like he's going to win Norris. You know, he just plays incredible to start the season, and then you get a month or two in, and things break down. And sometimes he gets it back towards the end of the season, and sometimes he doesn't. And that's probably an age thing, but for me, I look at the way that they've constructed those D pairs, and it just makes no sense. Like, Joel Edmondson was succeeding with Jeff Petrie because Joel Edmondson settled into a very uh reliable pattern where he deferred the puck to Petrie almost all the time. Petrie was the one who skated it out, passed it out, and uh, Edmondson was able to play some aggressive defense, especially in the neutral zone, created a lot of turnovers to go the other way. His strengths were amplified playing with Petrie. With Weber, well, Weber's a very, very conservative player. Uh, he doesn't like to handle the puck a lot in his own zone. He doesn't like to battle for the puck a lot in his own zone. He will if it's necessary, and he'll win a battle. And he's actually pretty good at handling the puck when he does it, but he doesn't like to do it. So it puts a lot of pressure on his partner, which exposes all of Edmondson's biggest weaknesses. So it's like, why would you choose that when you have a guy like Victor Mete right there and you tried it with Romanov in one game and it actually worked brilliantly? So that's the kind of thing where I I question the decision-making going on there and it just seems like, well, this guy was brought in to be top four, so he's going to be top four. It's like, be creative. Figure out what works. <laughs> Don't just settle into like, well, this guy's making $4 million, so he has to be in the top four. Like, that's old-school coaching and I don't think that's who Ducharme is. So I'm, I'm excited to see him break that mold. It just hasn't happened yet. So I guess there's like a little bit of uh, disappointment there from like, I thought he was going to be a little bit more creative in his lineup decisions. And so far, he just hasn't really rocked the boat. When we had uh, Jesse Marshall on a couple of weeks ago, we kind of expressed that because it was right after the coaching change. It was, I think it had been about a week or two since then. And, and he, he uh, alluded to when the coaching change happened in Pittsburgh with Mike Sullivan. And he said, you know, these little things are going to take time. But he was fairly confident that over time, more and more of these little adjustments were going to be obvious. And so that's kind of what we're hanging our hopes on. Uh, before we let Andrew go, Scott, do you have anything? Uh, I guess my biggest thing that I want to ask, and I'm sorry, this is echoing, I'm sitting in a dining room in Buffalo, um, I, we've noticed a lot more out of Jonathan Drouin this season, especially since Ducharme has taken over, is this just what he always could be and he couldn't get it going under Claude Julien's system, or is this just a new system kind of benefiting him a little bit right now? Well, I, I think... A lot of people are making a big deal out of Jonathan Duran being much better under Ducharme. I think he's got more ice time under Ducharme. He's clearly somebody that Ducharme trusts, you know, like his former junior coach. He puts a lot of faith in, in Jonathan Duran as somebody who can he can go to over and over again. But to start this season, like, Duran was amazing. Like, he from the first drop of the first puck, he's been spectacular this season. He's made pretty much, like, one significant 
major defensive mistake, and it was in game one. Uh, and it really was more of a like a random event where he tried to clear a puck around the boards and it hit the referee right out in front of the net, which I'm sure you guys remember, which led <laughs> to a goal by the Leafs. Uh, but uh, overall, like the points haven't been spectacular for him, but the assist numbers have been pretty great. Uh, he just hasn't had luck in terms of goal scoring. He's had some fantastic chances. Like uh, the chance that he had on Braden Holtby the other night, that Holtby snagged with his glove, like that was unbelievable. That save was made. Like even if Holtby was at his peak, I wouldn't expect him to make that save. It was just crazy. The, the saves that he's been dealing with to try to get that puck into the net. But uh, I, I wrote about Drew in like a couple weeks into the season for the Gazette that like this is a different player. The commitment defensively is incredible. Uh, he's never been a guy who doesn't try defensively, but this year he's actually doing the right things, making the right decisions uh, in dynamic situations, which has always been his issue. Uh, it's very easy to try hard defensively. But to try hard and be successful is a different thing. And Duran's instincts for a long time were just not right in the defensive zone. Uh, if he had two players to cover and he had to make a decision, he would almost always cover the wrong one. If a guy was going to go one way or the other way, he would always bite the wrong way. You know, like, so he was always on the wrong side of the puck. He was just always making those little tiny mistakes that add up and create horrible defensive uh, numbers and this year he just isn't doing that he's just been making smart decisions the whole time you know he has more support in terms of line mates for the most part uh you know it helps to have a, a good defensive center who he's played with most of the season because all three of the canadians top three centers are pretty adept defensively but it, he's just a different player i don't know if this is always somebody that, like what he could have been i don't think it was a coach hindering him i mean maybe Michel Therrien would have hindered him, but uh, overall, I, I think this is not necessarily the the player he was always destined to be, but uh, the player that he's decided to be. It, it seems like he's worked really, really hard to hone his defensive issue, his uh, defensive uh, play, and it's created more offensive opportunities as well. Like the numbers while he's on the ice are spectacular this year. And we did end up going a little bit long, but I just, I really love uh, listening to you explain to us what's going on with the Habs. Andrew, thank you so much for stopping by it's and my pleasure. telling us about your new show. If you guys want to subscribe, you can find the Crosscheck and NHL show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, they are on Apple as of now. And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, Spotify, Google, all of the other ones, they will be launching on March 30th. You can follow them on Twitter at CrosscheckNHL, right? CrosscheckNHL show? It's just CrosscheckNHL. Perfect. You can find Andrew at Andrew Berkshire. You can find Mary at Mary C. Clark with an E at the end. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. As we said, please join our locker room this week. And thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time.